Craft Beer Radio, episode 47, July 19, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Baer. This week, a veritable grab bag. A little bit Basically, of a mixer show tonight. Uh, yeah, a bunch of different beers that we have picked up and have just are deciding to, to throw around. And we're going to also play around a little bit with the way in which we do the show by starting with a beer. What do we have? This is a beer I had last week in California that I really want you to try. Okay. It is the 21st Amendment Brew Pubs Watermelon Wheat Beer. Oh, okay. Watermelon wheat beer. Now, when I heard watermelon wheat, I'm like, this is going to suck, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't suck. <laughs> oh, what's can. that sound you hear? That'd be a can. Well, we know it won't be skunked. Yep, they can two of their beers. This and their 21A IPA. The 21st Amendment, of course, repealed Prohibition, which was the 18th Amendment. Okay, it pours with a huge, monstrous head. It sure does. This uh, is filtered or... Um, probably not. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's in a can. I don't know how you'd exactly futz around with the yeast in there. You certainly can't bottle it in a can. Well, I, can, I guess you could. That'd be a weird one. Could you can, bottle can, condition in a can? You could, but the problem is the can doesn't have any strength until it's carbonated. So okay. you wouldn't be able to stack your cans until after they conditioned. I see. Because if you filled them and stacked them, they'd just wrinkle and crush. So you couldn't put, you could only keep them like one or two deep until they're carbonated, but you couldn't stack them. So it's probably not. It's probably forced carbonated. Probably is forced carbonated, yeah. That's a, wow, that's a really interesting aroma. Yeah, it smells like watermelon, right? And, well, uh, that's what I'm getting right watermelon now. Watermelon and, uh, and wheat <laughs> and wet wheat. Yeah, watermelon. I'm getting a little bit of bubble gum or something. No, like watermelon and bubble gum or something. And uh, oof, I don't know if if that's a totally attractive aroma. There's something in there that that's that's not very attractive to me aroma wise. It smells okay. a little. This is their number one bestseller. It smells a little off. I guess it smells a little urinal to me. Awesome. <laughs> Take a sip. Let me know what you think. Watermelon wheat. <laughs> there exactly. it is. <laughs> Tastes like watermelon. A little bit cucumbery, maybe, because you know some of the watermelon sugar has been fermented out. Mm-hmm. But it's not too cucumbery. There's still a lot of watermelon flavor to it. Yeah, uh, there, there's a little bit of bitterness in, in, in the back. It's a nice summertime beer, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's 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 different. Okay. That's definitely different. So, how do we work in the email into this? Do we uh, oh, start we now? Just, yeah, start just talking okay. about an email that we had. Okay, Watermelon. we had a uh, poster on our website. NH Beer Nut, and he had a couple comments here. Perhaps you could do a growler tasting or even visit local breweries, tap houses for an occasional show. Craft beer is more than just sitting in a basement drinking bottles. Well, I mean, we, we thought about doing a uh, couple live shows. Yeah. We did one half live show, but see, now that I have a studio set up, I'm so comfortable here yeah. that it's kind of, it'd be a pain to tear it all down. But maybe we'll try to get out to a bar. I mean, it might be nice to do it for, for one or two shows, you know, an occasional thing, sort of like we're going to be doing next week with the uh, with the beer party. What is it? The, the, uh, <laughs> what's the, what's the thing? Beer Geek Roundtable. Beer Geek Roundtable, right. 
Next thing that he writes is that we should do a blind taste of beers where we should have like Heather or someone uh-huh. pour. We shouldn't even like we could do where we know what beers they are, but not what order. Okay. Or we not even know what beers they are, not even know what style. Have her go into my fridge and just grab something and bring <laughs> us out. We we judge it actually literally blindfolded, so we can't even see what color it is. Really? Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, that would be actually fun. I, I'd be. I'd be a little bit worried about somebody just reaching into your fridge because there, there are some pitfalls in there. Crazy Ed's Cave Creek Chili Beer. Yeah, there's Chili Beer in there. There's, um, there's probably something else. Victoria Bitter? Yeah. <laughs> but that, that may it, it may actually be good because we may actually get one that we love. <laughs> we find out Victoria Bitter like, oh, really? Oh, I got a story for you about that. Okay. <laughs> about one that we love. Really? Okay. So... <laughs> All right, want to move on to the next one? Well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll go on later. I like, I like the idea. I don't know how we're going to be doing it because I don't know, Heather's not one to – Heather really doesn't know much about pouring beer. She knows more than – she's gleaned a lot from hanging out around All me. Right. <laughs> she could be the steward, I'm sure, for a show. <laughs> it would be kind of fun. This is – I was a little bit uh, – Oh, I see how this works. Then we go back to the beer and then we do some more email. That's going to be cool, yeah. I kind of – I was a little put off by this at first because there was there, there's something in here. There's some taste in there. Maybe it's that bitterness. It isn't quite gelling. Okay. But as I drink more, it's it's kind of sinking in a little bit. I'm getting more of a watermelon Jolly Rancher type flavor. Yes. Right now. Yeah, I agree. This use fresh watermelon, or do they use an extract? Fresh watermelon. Four hundred pounds of it in a in a mm. seven barrel batch or so. I still really there's still something about the aroma that I don't like. When you when you order at the pub. Instead of a lemon, you get a wedge of watermelon on the edge of the glass. It sticks up about this tall, like three or four inches tall off the edge of the glass. It's like it's this monstrous thing on your glass, but it, it's pretty cool. I just, I just don't know. I mean, I see where they're going with this, and it kind of is refreshing in a way, but yeah, to me, it's not really hitting me. It's not something I'd want to drink all the time, but I think it's a very well done for a fruit beer. When you're not talking about a fruit sour beer. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I mean, I think about other fruit beers I've had. Like, for instance, I was at uh, John, not John Harvard's. Um, what's what's the one down on the waterfront? Rock bottom. Rock bottom. And they I had their, beer? I had their strawberry wheat. Okay. And it wasn't that bad. And I think it was a little bit better than this. Huh. Just in terms of what I was interested in. Okay. It's also unfiltered. Okay. I just main reason I wanted to bring this to you is because it's just so different. It is very different. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Nate writes, Sorry you guys didn't like the Yards IPA. I think they make some great beers. So do we. Right. Uh, we, we pretty much, we like Yard stuff, but the IPA just didn't appeal to us. His he really likes their Ales of the Revolution made using Jefferson and Washington's recipes. Did we ever try those? I've had them. I'm not sure if we tasted them on the show or not. Yeah, there's the two, there's supposed to be three. We can get into that story too. There's the George Washington Porter, Thomas right. Jefferson Tavern Ale. They were going to do a Ben Franklin one. And they were last I talked with the person at Yards, they're waiting on label approval. Hmm. And then right about then, the Poor Richards Ale came out. The recipe was in the whole Poor Richards for Franklin's 200th birthday thing came out. And I haven't heard about the Yards. Maybe they melded that into their Poor Richards or something. I don't know. But it was supposed to have um, supposed to have some spices in it. Maybe juniper. I'm not sure. I'm trying. I'm just kind of drawing, guessing from memory right, right now. So they were going to have a third one, but they might have rolled that into the Poor Richards instead. But we definitely like Yards. I mean, we we think their pale ale is one of the best pale ale. American pale ale. Yeah. We love that. We need to try the IP again. That was not I was tasting all sulfur. Yeah. 
And yeah, that was the most sulfurous of all of them in my, for me that night. I don't, I don't remember if I liked it that much or not. I don't think, we, yeah. I think neither of us liked it that much. Nate continues that he was just at Monk's Cafe in Philly, which he calls a fantastic beer spot. And they had Russian River Pliny the Elder, which Jeff is wearing a shirt of. Double IPA. He says it was very good. Jeff, you concur? He says, ever had anything from Russian River? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked, Nate. <laughs> Saturday morning, I was at uh, Russian River Brewing Company and had all their beers that they had on tap. And Greg, you know how we're, we were kind of burned out of hops? Yeah. thought we've tasted just about all the hops that we could taste. You know, nothing new really going to surprise us. New. Well, I mean, that particularly came into point when we were at the beer festival, when there were so many, a lot of hoppy beers, and you had a, a person comment on that, a lot of hoppy mm-hmm. beers, but not a lot of new right. experimentation with it. I had three tremendous beers, four tremendous beers, that completely redefined how I thought about hops. Really? This last week. I had Berry Public's Razor 5. Which I brought a bottle home for us to try. Okay. So you can try that one. Were these sticky like stone or? Um, one of them was a little bit, but no, they're just so much hop flavor. They're really juicy. Uh-huh. It's like, it just, they get so much into the beer, so much more than most of the beers that we've had. Then I had Pliny the Elder, delicious, super hoppy double IPA. At the brew pub, I got to try Pliny the Younger, which is a triple IPA. <laughs> On the tote board, where they have the gravity in right, and the yeah. IBUs. For Plenty of the Elder, it says 100 IBUs. For Plenty of the Younger, it says gobs of IBUs. <laughs> and then I had Moylan's Hopsicle, which I think Rick's going to send us a bottle, so you'll be able to try that one too. Okay. But that one was the fullest body, most juicy, hoppy goodness. Oh, it was just so good. <laughs> and, yeah, it just completely made me realize that I haven't tasted it at all when it comes to hops. I mean, the juiciest I think I've ever tasted hop-wise is probably Nugget Nectar from Trogues. We remember when we had that on cask. Right. And that really had that kind of juicy hoppiness to it. Right. So I think I know where you're coming from with that. These are, If I remember right, these are even better. More hmm. more delicious hop, hoppy goodness in them. And Russian River was so cool. Vinny, the brewer, came in. This guy has won awards out the wazoo. Makes some truly tremendous beers. He has a series of sour beers. And he has a cellar, uh, sour aging room. Sour beers, that sounds like heaven to me. He has this aging room <clears throat> where it's just kegs and kegs and ke- or casks of beer, right? Stuff aging for the next couple of years. And he starts, we're talking about the different beers. And he's talking about throwing Bretomyces and Pediococcus into these beers like it's no big deal. <laughs> Pediococcus. Have you ever heard about anyone using Pediococcus intentionally in their beer? Well, I mean, it's... But, <laughs> It's not like he's putting strep in there. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> but uh, it's like, it just, and we, I tried one of his beers, uh, Temptation. There was nothing sour on tap at the pub. So the bartender, or the waiter's walking by. I'm like, I'm flying back. I'm flying 3,000 miles away in the next three hours. Uh-huh. You have anything sour you can get me? So they, Vinny wasn't on site then. So they called him up and he had some private reserve that was for, special customers and stuff like that. So they sold us a bottle of well, 1.5 liter bottle of Temptation. It t- the aroma wise was spot on for a Cantillon Grand Cru. Uh-huh. Flavor wasn't quite as sour. This was batch number one. I'm not sure what the date on it was, but oh, it was just such a great, good sour beer, Greg. <laughs> so good. And, um, as, and then when he came in, he introduced himself, and we were chatting. Like I say, he's a great guy to talk to. He was as interesting as Tom Baker was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how excited I was when I told you about Tom yeah. Baker. 
those guys need to get together. They make something <laughs> that the world would never seen before. You know, something like that. But uh, as you know, he's touring, showing us a tour of the brewery. It's a little place. It's kind of about the size of East End Brewing's brewery. If you, you haven't been there, have you? No, I have no. not. Been okay, he has more fermenter space, but it's about the same size. And uh, he opens up. He pulls out his pocket knife, opens up this case, and hands me a bottle of sanctification. It's not even out yet. So I'm going to saving that for a very special day. But it's another one of his sour beers. Oh, great! It's aged in Chardonnay barrels. Wow. Has two strains of bread in there and some PDO or something. I don't know, but oh, I can't wait to try that. <laughs> that sounds cool. Let's see. You want to try something else here? Uh, sure. Well, why don't we try the Shiner Bach? We've heard mixed things about this one. In fact, mostly bad. You know, from our me. next two beers are going to be beers that lots of people have had, yeah. but we haven't. We. I haven't been able to get the Shiner into the market until just recently. And the next beer we're going to be doing this is Fat Tire, which we can't get here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now Shiner, uh, I told, I, I mentioned that somebody at uh, the beer place I go to to get beer said it was said it was good. And then a lot of fans of the show wrote in and said, no, it sucks. So we're going to see it for ourselves. We, we 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 tend to agree with our fans, so we expect it to need not that great, but we'll see. Let's see. I got a little bit here about Shiner Bach. It's from Shiner, Texas. I forgot to write down the brewery name. Son of a gun. Well, isn't it on the bottle? Yeah, that's it. The Spotsville Brewery, Shiner, Texas. It's uh, on ratebeer.com. It was categorized under the American Dark Lager. Not, really, not the Bach category. I wasn't able to find any more research on that. And it's pretty widely available. It's in 36 different states. It doesn't really smell bocky. It smells mostly just lagerish, maybe a little bit of sweetness to it. it smells like a Vienna lager a bit. Yeah, it, it pours dark, darker than, than a traditional Vienna lager. Sort of, yeah, um, kind of a dunkel. dunkel yeah. Um, flat, flat soda, light-colored soda. Not quite as dark as Pepsi or Coke, but... Yeah, you know it's it's not a Bach to me. You know, a Bach I would expect some sweetness. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I expect some sweetness. I would expect a little, little bit of 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 sticking on the tongue, just because that's what a Bach does, and and you know, not like, not like bad sticking on the tongue, but just sort of the sweetness that kind of lingers a bit, a little bit more hoppiness. Really, not getting much in the way of excess flavor. It's a little bit toasty, but. For the color of this beer, there should be a lot more toasty, roasty flavors mm-hmm. in there. It would improve the beer tremendously. And, and sweet maltiness is yeah. what I would really want out of this. It's not It's not really bitter. I can see why some people who aren't that into beer would like it. It's a different flavor from yellow traditional cores. They, they must mash it so it's so it's really fermentable. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot more fermentable sugar. So when it ferments out, it kind of ferments down drier and doesn't leave a lot of that body that you would expect in a bock. Yeah. I can see where you're going with that. So I can see why somebody who isn't all that into beer would, would think, here, here's something different that I can drink. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for I think beer aficionados, it's not probably one of our top beers. Back to email. Heath wrote in, enjoyed the Beer Fest show. Greg was pretty toasted. I certainly was. I was uh, <laughs> I was as toasted as a Shiner Bach near the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't even realize how toasted I was. I was telling Jeff in the pre-show, I, I remember... Having that last conversation, I don't remember what I talked about. <laughs> so it was fun to listen back and say, wow, that, that's what I said. I could hear myself slurring. <laughs> I made it back okay, though. I didn't have far to drive. So mm-hmm. Let's see. Allagash it's Triple. probably good that I ended what I did. <laughs> yeah. Allagash Triple is awesome. 
and a great beer to cellar for a year or two. I'm looking forward to the Sam Adams vote promotion for the next beer. The old honey porter was one of my first craft regulars, and I miss it. I'll be stuffing the ballot boxes. Okay, the air conditioner's on now, so that's what the buzzing is in the background. We're just full of fun noises. I don't know if I've ever tried Sam Adams Honey Porter. He says it's old, so it's probably not available anymore. Yeah, no, I just had the Holiday Porter. We've had that, but not the Honey Porter. Speaking of Sam Adams, last night I saw two really, really good Sam Adams commercials. Okay. Great for craft beer promotion. They're having that homebrew contest where homebrew, they're judging it. Mm-hmm. They're going to put two beers in production in, 19, in uh, 2007. Really? Two homebrewed beers. They're going to take the, the recipe and make it. But the, the commercial shows people at Sam Adams, people who work at Sam Adams homebrewing. Great shots. Like real homebrewing equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first one shows this girl brewing in a pot on a kettle and she throws in the malt extract or something and it boils over. Like, you know, everyone happens. Right. But then they show people racking it from a primary fermenter into a bottling bucket and stuff like that. And it's just people don't see how homebrewing is done, and now they're actually seeing parts right. of it. So I thought it was a great commercial. And then there was a second commercial, which was a more mainstream but still good for the industry, talking about how the Sam Adams is full of flavor. Don't be afraid of the flavor or something like that. Enjoy a beer. Enjoy the flavor, right. I think is what they said. So that's another great thing it's not just it's not like the sam adams commercials were like i always drink boston lager that's all i drink yeah <laughs> I, like i said they're going for two different markets there i mean they're obviously splitting up you know one is going for uh the the, the chorus drinker who wants to drink something that makes him look more sophisticated mm-hmm. but isn't really isn't really into the flavor he just wants something that people say right. and the other one is actually just somebody who's like us who drinks craft beer and just says hey i'll try the sam adams why not because to expect us to stick to one beer, right? You know that's absurd. Yeah, but great commercials for our cause. You know, promoting craft beer, and I saw the homebrew one twice. It was on FX last night when I was watching Rescue Me, and yeah, just great commercial gets people to see homebrewing equipment, and I was just excited. <laughs> Heath goes on. He has some tips to avoid skunked beers. In stores, they're, they're pretty obvious, but let's go over them here because obviously we need to heed yeah, his advice, yeah. don't we? <laughs> take beers from the back of the cooler. Sure, you have to take out three or four beers in the front to get to those, and you look like the milkmaids or the perfect dozen guy from Clerks. Clerks <laughs> Two is coming out soon, by the way. Yeah, this weekend, so I gotta I gotta check that out. Yep, but they are far more likely not to be bathed in fluorescent light. It's worth the effort. Same goes for warm beer. I usually don't take beer in green or clear bottles from the top shelf, but rather from a shelf that remains shaded from direct light. This, of course, means that I almost never get Samuel Smith's anymore. Pulling a f- pulling from unopened full cases, if possible, is his favorite way to go. Uh, it's not possible where we go, at least that I know of, to pull from unopened cases. I do try to get stuff from the back, though. I have been practicing that for a while. I tried that with the... Um, with the what was it? The Saison Dupont that I got. <laughs> that back. worked well. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, these things are not foolproof. And light finds a way. Just like life in Jurassic Park finds a way, light finds a way as well. Anything you want to say about this um, Shinerbach? Well, it's it's still the same beer as it was when we started. You know, some beers change a bit. This one really hasn't. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's forgettable, that's yeah. for sure. He also, we must have talked a couple weeks ago about, um, oh, there was that thing about where they might have to put nutrition right. labels on beer. And he says it could only be a good thing for the craft brewing industry because unfiltered beer is extremely high in B-complex vitamins due to yeast. Even filtered micros 
are nowhere near as stripped out as the big industrial breweries. So he thinks that beer that isn't just empty calories could attract a new and perhaps a large audience for craft brewing. Yeah, I think that's a little bit over overplaying the hand. I mean, you, you, you can say that beer has a lot of B-complex vitamins, especially craft beer, but you can't really start advertising beer as a health food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... it's because it's all about moderation anyway. That that's the whole the whole point of the game. You know, enjoy your beer, but don't go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. And to to drink beer because it has B vitamins in it, that's not what we're going for. Right. We're saying drink beer because it's because it's tasty and it's great and it really makes you strong. <laughs> it's good for you. In, there's so many great things about beer. I guess having a lot of B vitamins could be one of them. But it just seems to me like it's one of those things that. It, is a throwaway. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. It might get some people over. But yeah, like I said, it really can't be marketed as a health food. Yeah. <laughs> you have the healthy alcohol. You are drinking liquid cereal one way or another, right? Yeah. So let me see the, the Shiner Bach uh, bottle here. Because a goat it, on it. Uh, you know, Bachs do have the goats. That's yeah. that uh, Capricorn. Uh it is this kind of striking bottle. It's a big yellow label, so it's noticeable. Yeah, it's cut around the edges, so it looks more old-timey. Mm-hmm. It does say handcraft. Bach beer handcrafted. Gambrinus Company owns this, this brewery. Hmm. Spotsel Brewery. Gambrinus Company owns it, so they're part of a big brewing conglomerate. Swing by the brewery. We'll pour you a cold Shiner Bach and tell you all about the ram on our label. That's what it says in the back. Wow. Let's swing by. You want to go to Texas? <laughs> Sure. How long is that drive? Too far. And I don't think we go to, want to go to Texas this time of year. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, it can't be so any hotter. I got a story for you. Okay. I've been right. saving this one. Before we went up to Russian River and whatnot, we were driving to Fairfield where the Blue Frog Brew Pub is. In the same town, there's an Anheuser-Busch plant. So we went on the Anheuser-Busch Brewery Tour. I wanted to see the size yeah. of these kettles and these fermenters and everything. Well, first off, let me say that the tour sucked. Because the tour consisted of walking out of the gift shop, looking at the bottling line, walking down a flight of stairs, and looking at the Beechwood Aging Cellars. Uh-huh. Now, they were immense. They had these 1,800-barrel aging tanks, uh-huh. 120 of them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. There were 40 on a floor, three floors. Uh-huh. Huge tanks. But they, um, I'm surprised they actually told you the, what the beechwood was for, for the surface area. It imparts no flavor or, you know, so I was surprised I got that right. I was really pissed because I couldn't see the, oh, I shouldn't say that word because I'm going to get that explicit tag in iTunes again. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, say, wanted to I think see, you say pissed, but I wanted the, to see the, what does the beechwood aging do? It, it's, it gives it more surface area in the bottom of the tank for the yeast to settle out. Oh, okay. I wanted to see the size of the fermenters and the brew kettles. When we were in the brew house, I wanted to ask how many, I wanted to ask a bunch of technical questions. How many uh, times does a kettle get used in a day? Does it brew 24 hours a day? Things like that. But brew kettle, brew house was awful. It was funny. I had brought a camera, but outside the gift shop, I said no photos. So I asked the guy on the tour, can I take photos? He's like, oh, you can't take photos of the bottling line or the Beachwood Aging Cellars, but everywhere else is fair game. Everywhere else consisted of the stairwell between the two. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the best part. After they played their video about how beer is made and how Anheuser-Busch and Budweiser is so good, they, um, they wanted to people to 
taste the difference between new bud and old bud. So they picked a couple people. And being certified beer judge, Rick and I, we both raised our hands. Right. So we're up there, and they give us the new bud and the old bud. It was A and B. And they wanted, first they tell us, look at the color. Color, about the same. They told us to smell the aroma. A was full of sulfur and light strikeness, and B was pretty clean. So I'm like, B's the new beer. Uh, two, there was three girls with us, three ditzy blondes. Two of them said A was new beer, one said B. Then we had to go by flavor. A was astringent and not good. B was pretty clean. I'm like, both Rick and I were confident B was the new beer. Uh-huh. All three girls said A was the new beer. A was the new beer. Wow. So I obviously am not qualified for judging no. beer if I can't tell which is the new Budweiser. But look what I got. Well, you're not qualified for judging Bud, that's for sure. Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, as a very special guest, having experienced how the world's greatest beers are crafted using the highest quality ingredients, Jeff Beter is hereby <laughs> awarded title of Honorary Beer Master by August A. Bush III. Wow. I got a plaque I can hang inside my BJCP. You're an honorary... Well, Jeff Beterer. Jeff Beter is an honorary beer master. <laughs> Congratulations, Jeff Beter, if you're listening. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, but the three girls could pick the fresh bud, and Rick and I could not. That did. I mean, what did they say to that when you guys were like... I went up and I talked to the one guy afterwards. I'm like, A was full of sulfur, and it was light struck, and the B was nice and clean. And and one another guy walks up and he's like, what kind of beer do you normally drink? I'm like, I drink all kinds of beer. It's like nothing mainstream, though, right? Because like, I said I was a beer judge. I'm like, well, it's mainstream to me. He's like, well, you need to drink some more Budweiser or something. Oh, I'm just like, you guys are idiots. You need to appreciate the shitty flavor. So I was... Oh. <laughs> I can't say that. It's... You need to appreciate the crappy flavors. Oh, man. And so I was double bummed. You know, I, I did get to... I got to, you know, I got to try, get to try two Anheuser-Busch beers. Uh-huh. So I tried World Lager. Okay. And then I tried B to the E, oh, the fruit-flavored God. caffeine beer. <laughs> I should have tried. They had Bud Ice there. I didn't think they made Bud Ice anymore. Really? I could have tried Bud Ice. Bud Ice. I remember Bud Ice. With the penguin. <laughs> so that's my Anheuser-Busch story. So how was B to the E? B to the E was, tasted like uh, a malt liquor or a malt, a malt alternative type drink. Um, it wasn't that much more beery. There was a lot of fruit in it and apparently it was caffeinated. So, so you were wired at the end. I should have tried Bud Ice. What's next on our beer list? Let's go to the Fat Tire. All right. Well, it's a big one. You want to go to, to the... No, because that's a porter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fat Tire. Fat Tire, which other people have t- told us is great. Some people have told us it's not what it's cracked up to be. Hmm. This I got out of from Beverages of More in California, BevMo. Um, sometimes they're known for not storing their beer all that properly, so... Who knows? Maybe the skunk devil has followed us. I don't smell skunk. That's so. good. I did grab from the back. <laughs> so this is a Belgian pale ale from New Belgium Brewing Company. Okay. Um, everyone who's listening can probably get this except for us right. and the people who live <laughs> east of us. I, th- I told Rick I've never had fat tire, and he looked at me like I was a moron. I'm like, I can't get it. And he like, eyes fell out of his head. He's like, I can't believe it doesn't because it's so prevalent in California. yeah. yeah. I did have a bottle of this out in California, and I was pretty impressed with it. I mean, I, I liked it a lot. So, hmm. detecting just a, a faint amount of Belgian sugar there, 
I'm tasting a little bit of, uh, or smelling a little bit of um, toasty sweetness, toastiness in the aroma. I got a really thick, creamy head on mine. I poured it a little bit too robustly. I'm sure it's great for releasing aroma, but right now it's trapped <laughs> in the head. It's got sort of a palish, um, palish orange color. Tastes different than the one I had at the in California. Am I crazy or am I just not? I mean, you know, you taste really almost nothing at first—a little bit of carbonation and almost a little bit of toastiness, like the Shiner Bach, and then some. Eventually, some sweetness does come through. I'm tasting something really weird. It tastes greasy, like greasy breading or something, like a New York pizza. Yeah, maybe. I can see where you get that. Uh, I don't know if I, if I would call it greasy, but I can I can understand the inclination there. It's I'm thinking more like greasy, like when I worked at King's and there'd be a piece of food that would fall off something and sit on the grill for a while and get all baked and dry and <laughs> like what that smells like. But uh, no, the one I what, and there's another flavor there. It's in the late aftertaste. It's um, what is that? This isn't the same beer that I had. Really? <laughs> I had a small bottle down in Fisherman's Wharf at, at a place with some lunch. And I'm like, oh, this is really good. This isn't the same beer, though, unfortunately. So you think that it wasn't Fat Tire that you had? or No, no, it was, it was Fat Tire. But no, BevMo mustn't have treated this very well. Oh, bummer. I wanted to see how good this was. It's decent. I'm going to try to figure out what that after t- aftertaste is. And it is an after aftertaste. Yeah. It takes a while to come around. Our final email, uh, Jess writes in, I've known for a while that Stone has a pale ale they make, but I've never seen it up here. I recently heard that at first the reason was because of the small size of the brewery and the demand in their local pubs, but they've recently built a larger brewery, but we still haven't seen it. And there's talk about there being some sort of legal political reasons for it not being transportable to Oregon. Any ideas? I uh, I told her I'd try to look this up, but I didn't have time to, so I don't have any new information. Uh, I'm not sure if there are new breweries in production yet. I didn't look that up either, but I I don't know. It could be. I couldn't imagine any uh, legal reasons why a lower alcohol yeah. beer wouldn't make it to Oregon. I haven't seen the pale ale out here either, though. Maybe it doesn't. And the on, on the, is the IPA. On the pale ale label or tap handle or something, I saw it said 100% San Diego. So maybe it's something they keep close to home on mm. purpose. I don't know. Is it sticky like all the other beers? <laughs> I wouldn't know. Oh, you didn't try it. Good place to ask, Jess. Would good be to go on Rape Beer or Beer Advocate and ask on the forums? Yeah. I'm sure somebody there who is smarter than us knows the answer. Reasonable. Hate deferring, but <laughs> just didn't, wasn't able to get the answer. I mean, it, I think it's more, to me, it's more enjoyable than the other two so far. I mean, I know you wanted me to like the watermelon one a lot. Yeah. There's that burnt, burnt crust or something flavor in this. Sort of a, 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 a it's that same kind of greasy, but I'm trying to put better words around it. It's like something that's been on the fryer too long, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's got a, a little, little bit, bit of, of a, a when when oil is on a fryer for a while, and maybe especially when it gets hot, it starts to break down, and it gets kind of off flavors into mm-hmm. it and maybe that's kind of the same you're experiencing some of those off flavors in here 
Could be. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's like. It's like a piece of fish that's overcooked or something like that in a fryer. I was going to say bacon bits at first, but that's not the flavor. No, it's not. <laughs> no, bacon bits, is maybe, maybe even like soy. Yeah, maybe a little bit soy. The the fatar I had in California though it was crisp, it was fresh. It, there was some nice maltiness there. A lot of Belgian character. I'm not even picking up Belgian character in this. On a the little flavor. bit of the end for me, a little bit of sweetness, but not really. I'm not, not picking up lot. any Belgian character in the flavor, so that's just really weird. That's what I get for buying stuff at Bevmo, I guess. Let's jump on to some news here. Sure. The uh, slow news week. I guess people don't do much stuff in the summertime. It's too hot. There's going to be a new beer magazine you might want to check out. It's called Draft. It's a consumer lifestyle magazine, which makes it sound a little bit marketing and not as good for us. Mm-hmm. You might be better off checking off the checking out the Beer Advocate magazine that's going to be coming out or earlier next year. Or imbibe, yeah. Um, dun, 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 dun. Go to our website, find a link for it. It's at draftmag.com. Magazine is based out of Phoenix. Yay. <laughs> and we only got one other news item here, and it's about a beta brewing company in New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're growing pretty good. The hurricane barely touched them, so they lucked out there. There's a couple other brew pubs down in. Abita only had minor damage. It only closed for a couple of days. But while the power was out, they had to dump a whole batch of beer. Um, but there's some other small brew pubs in the area that are completely flattened. So they got lucky. But they're growing. Let's see. Uh, well, uh, there's some Abita at the place that um, that I buy beer, and I was thinking of trying them out. What's a good one? I haven't had any Abita yet, so I wouldn't buy a whole case. That's all I can do. <laughs> well, you, I think they have it at Three Sons. I'll pick some up. Okay. Actually, I won't pick some up because I got enough beer to last us till Christmas yeah. time. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, thank you, Gary, for giving us another package. He sent us a whole bunch of Eel River Brewing Company. Gary, you're the best. Try. Thanks, Gary. Gary's our hero. Okay, let's see. So, Abita's been growing and uh, blah, blah, blah. Abita's been growing. $42,000 barrel. 42,000 barrels in 2004, 52 in 2006, and uh, next year they expect to do 60,000 barrels. Oh, and they're adding two markets, uh, Oregon and Washington. Yep. Good for them. Oh, and last piece of news, Beer Advocate has been down all day today. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so I actually had to go to Rape Beer to get the uh, links for the pages tonight. Not that Rape Beer is a bad place to go, it's just... It, it, uh, you know what? They had a feature that I really liked. On the... Um, when you go to a beer, they have a link for what it says whether it's wide distribution or narrow distribution. But you can click find, and it'll show you the states that people have reviewed the beer in in like the past forty days or so. Oh. So it basically tells you if they probably assume that if you're in that state, you can get the beer in that state. So, but it's better than a lot of the stuff I can find online yeah. about distribution. So I might start using that to find distribution for some of these beers, even though I know it's not one hundred percent accurate. Guesstimated distribution. I brought. I brought Fat Tire home from California. We're drinking it here. Would that add Pennsylvania to the rape beer availability? <laughs> Maybe I don't it know. would. So, you know, guesstimate's one of those words that I hate when people say it, but I say it anyway. <laughs> it's ginormous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is uh, I'm, I poured a little bit more from the bottle, and it's tasting a little bit better to me. There's probably yeast in the bottom. Probably. Let's do this a little bit swirly swirl. Would you give me some or? No. It wasn't much. <laughs> Actually, either I cleaned it all up or there isn't yeast in the bottom. No, no it's filtered. No yeast. It's filtered for sure. Yep. I'm still getting a lot of that dark toast and no Belgian character. 
It's tasting a little bit more Belgian-y to me. None. I'm not getting anything. Yeah, well. Why don't we move on if to... If you didn't know that Belgian-y was a word. Belgian-y. <laughs> yeah. I make up the best words. <laughs> well, that was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Greg. I steal Greg's words. <laughs> Oh, uh, what beer am I? We should do our what beer am I? And I got a surprise for what beer am I? Okay. Pick. Uh, oh wait, hold on. We gotta do something here. Uh, okay. What well, Jeff is has writing some numbers down. <laughs> I don't understand what Jeff is doing now. He has one, two, three, four. He's mixing them up, and he asked me to pick what two? Pick one. Pick one. Okay, number I two. pick number two. Okay. So last week, last time's beer was Fort from Dogfish Head Craft Brewery. Mm-hmm. The correct people who got answers are Jeremy, Chris, Paul, and Brian. Greg picked number two, which is Chris, which means he gets a pint glass from East End Brewing Company. Hey, congratulations, Chris. This is a new thing we're going to be doing with What Beer Am I? We're going to randomly draw a person from all the correct answers, and the winner gets a pint from pint glass from East End Brewing Company, thank wow. courtesy of Scott Smith from East End Brewing Company. That's great. So, Chris, if you're listening, you need to send me your information. <laughs> because you're the first winner, I might email you and tell you, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the listener write in to, to send me his information. <laughs> and if they're smart, they'll send it in their yeah, guess. Yeah, with their guess. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Last week we said it was Fort from Dogfish Head. By the way, we're drinking we're drinking Fat Tire, uh, Fat Tire from New Belgium. I'm gonna do uh, the this week's. Yeah, I am a quote unquote copper ale. I cannot tell you by name because it is censored. My brewery's mascot is a dog, and my motto is: first sip for thirst, second one for pleasure, the third sip is for romance, and the fourth. For pure madness. So, if you know what the guess, what the spear is, and we're going to take the original name on this one, right? If you're going to take the original name, if you know what the spear is, send it guess to beer at craftbeerradio.com. And if you guess the right answer and we draw your number, you get a pint glass from East End Brewing Company, <laughs> Pittsburgh's newest microest microbrewery. <laughs> That's a nice thing for Scott to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, this fat tire, don't like it. I mean, it. I don't that that taste I'm getting. I just it's not the one I had in California. Damn it! Maybe it's just the whole the, the California being in California added something to it. it Maybe was, it was the clam chowder that made it taste better. <laughs> I had it with a bread bowl and clam chowder. Oh, that does sound good. Great. We haven't been talking about what we go with these beers. Um. Okay. <laughs> See the watermelon wheat. Um. Fruit salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much all you're going to be able to have with it. I wonder what an ice cream float would be with that. Probably not. Yeah. Probably would lose the watermelon. Yeah. The Shiner Bach, it was, it was kind of bland, so it could kind of go with a lot of stuff. Rice cakes. <laughs> no, I mean... I'm you, just you being could, mean. You could pair the Shiner Bach with pretty much anything because it was, it was bland enough to really yeah. not have much. Might as well pair it up with some kind of... Um, uh, lighter flavored red meat or something like yeah. that. I wanted to mention that on uh, this last week's Basic Brewing Radio, James interviewed Randy Mosher from Radical Brewing, and um, he was talking about pairing uh, beer and food. And uh, let's listen to a little bit of that right now. Have a listen. 
Tell me and our listeners about how uh, food and beer can go together. You know, we always hear about food and wine and how wonderful food and wine is. Well, wine has a dirty little secret that if you really get a couple beers in a sommelier, they'll tell you that there's a lot of categories of food that wine is really not capable of matching up very well with. Uh, cheese is one. Of course, everybody thinks cheese and wine, you know, it's like, it's just automatic, right? But if you really get down and look at what the pairings are, it doesn't work very well. The fat in cheese tends to overwhelm the wine pretty pretty easily. Uh, the other big category that wine doesn't really even make any effort to do anything with because it's so awful is uh, dessert. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, no... No wine on the planet, perhaps, with the exception of some nice port that'll stand up to chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I've tasted that combination, and I'm not convinced. But there are people who do dearly love that combo. But the thing about beer is that it has a huge variation in its intensity, in its uh, range of flavors, everything from the lightest, palest, sort of bready, malty, light, clean flavors, all the way to the most dark, roasted, coffee-like uh, characteristics, and that, and that gives you a lot, and plus a lot of variations in alcoholic strength, and a lot of diff- variations in bitterness, which is an important thing when you're pairing food. Bitterness, we can talk about that, is, is really key to a lot of food styles, and ma- finding matches. Okay, now I see where he's coming from, uh, cheese-wise. Yeah, some of the fattier cheeses, some of the cheeses that really you know express themselves, right. can overpower a wine, and dessert. Definitely. He he goes into a lot of detail. There are dessert wines, but he goes into a lot of detail about how the alcohol and the the hops can help scrub the fat off your tongue, and mm-hmm. and and he goes into a lot of different food and beer pairings, more than we've ever done, and better than we've done. Yeah. So I definitely go to Basic Brewing Radio and listen to that. It's a great case where even if you're not a home brewer, James Spencer puts a lot of great information into his podcast. And that was completely unsolicited. I was just listening to that on the airplane back from uh, California. I'm like, this is an awesome interview. I wish I had done it. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be great to get like a true sommelier to come, a beer sommelier to come with, come and listen to or, or be with us during the show and just sort of taste a beer with us and sort of give his opinions mm-hmm. on what this would taste well. Because our opinion is just based on what can we think of that we've had recently that would go exactly. well with it. Yeah, and you could—I mean, I can just imagine how much work you could actually put into tasting yeah. beers of food and trying different things. And he also gets into a little bit about cooking, about cooking with beer, which is very interesting too. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but I had that the the summit or the the pyramid Thunderhead IPA, and I thought it would go with clam chowder for some reason. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what if you cooked it? And Scott from Eastern Brewing Company wrote in and made a good point: when you cook with hoppy beers, with lots of bitterness. You're evaporating the water and the alcohol, and you're concentrating the yeah, bitterness. Yeah. So it gets a lot more bitter. It's something I hadn't thought of. So keep that in mind if you're cooking with hoppy beers. Yeah, that's uh, that's why when you're cooking, I mean, you don't generally pick a hoppy beer. You make something run in the mill, uh, an amber or maybe an ESB or something. In the interview, Ray mentions his favorite beer to cook with is a Doppelbock. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> um, in, in the same sense that you know, when you're cooking with wine, what are you really asking for? You're asking for... A little bit of the vinous quality of wine, uh, some maybe something to, to to get bring out some of those alcohol soluble flavors and things like tomatoes, and uh, maybe a, just a, a slight resonant fruitiness. That that's what you're really wanting because all the alcohol stuff will burn out. And the same thing should be thought of with beer. What are you really getting? Because the alcohol is going to burn out, carbonation is going to go away. A bock would be very sweet, so you get some of that sweetness, mm-hmm. the malty sweetness. 
Yep. And like you said, an IPA would be very bitter, so that was, that's what you'd be concentrating, that bitterness. Now, he mentioned how hops are good with lots of things. I think, if I remember, he mentioned pairing hops with sweets. Contrast really? of the sugar and the bitter really combined well. It was, a hot, it was an IPA and cheesecake, I think, is the one example he used. And he said it was tremendous together. Wow. So that's something that would, wouldn't would never, click in your yeah, head. it wouldn't click. You're right. That's, but it's easy to get cheesecake and it's easy to get IPAs. Right. It's worth a shot. What Our, Jeff just poured is the Deschutes Brewery Black Butt. Black Butte. I like to call it Black Butt. Black Butte Porter. They're out of Bend, Oregon. And uh, I brought a sixer of this. I brought five of these home because I bought a sixer and had one in California. These are dark. Well, it's a porter. <laughs> There's a little bit of highlights at the bottom. It's about normal yeah, porter yeah, color. Yeah, uh, and it's got a nice uh, creamy head. Yeah, big creamy head. So sweet, sweet with you know sweet maltiness and oh, there's the roast. You know what I smelled the first time I took a sip or a whiff? I smelled celery. <laughs> <laughs> My head's messed up. Your nose is crazy. But now yeah, I, smell I definitely smell some of the roastiness there. What do you think? Me likey. Yeah, it. Yeah, it. Um, normally don't use rape beer, but when I was in there, it's very prominent. The ranking uh-huh. it ranked the ninety-two percentiles on it. So the sweetness, roastiness around the side. A uh, slight amount of bitterness at the end of uh, as is going down. It's not astringent at all. No, it's it's very wet and a bit of coffee notes in the late af- middle yes. mid to late aftertaste. aftertaste. That's a nice porter. It's <laughs> a good one. I like to try this head to head against a really good Edmund Fitzgerald. See which one mm. beats out. It'd be hard, tough. I think the Edmund's a little more roasty. Well, remember how, how great the Sierra Nevada was. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, Edmund's one of our favorites. But, yeah, when we when we stood the Edmund up against other ones, it was a not great Edmund, and, yeah. and other stuff was really good. Oh, remember you had the – was it you? At the All-American Beer Fest, you had the Anchor Porter, and you didn't like it. Yeah. I thought it was good. Really? I thought it was similar to the one we had in bottles, the very um, raisiny – a little almost tinny dark fruit. I was drinking a lot of beer at the time too, okay. so the, there were other flavors that were going on, you know, competing with it. But I remember just thinking, I forget exactly what it was. Because, I mean, hey, I had a lot of beers in me at the time, but yeah, it, it didn't really appeal to me that much. Okay, I thought it tasted just about how we uh, how we remembered the porter out of the bottle, so I was pretty happy with it. Well, that's why we're trying. We have two people here, not one. Exactly, because neither <laughs> of us know what we're talking about. I can't even tell an old bud from a fresh bud. <laughs> well, I think you can. Just, I can tell know, the difference. Yeah. I just didn't know which was which. I thought the cleaner or less offensive one would be the new one, but no. <laughs> wow. that That is funny to me that they'd, I mean, such big flaws in the beer and they'd be like highlighting it. I don't know. To me, it tasted a little bit light struck and I was tasting a lot of sulfur. When they said yeah. new and old, I mean, what do they call Well, old? the new one was right off the bottom line. The old one was in their abuse room, 100 degree temperatures for like two months. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it was abused. Really? And it tasted better. <laughs> tasted Now, the, the old one tasted almost like nothing. Uh-huh. The new one tasted a little bit sulfury, you know, had more, had more flavor, but not good flavors. Yeah. So I thought the one with the more flavor than the not good flavors would be the old one. But So... I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. I mean, a beer that was could, abused could, at 100 degrees for two months straight tasted now, better to me than a fresh one. Was it in cans? 
They were in little sample glasses. I'm assuming they were bottled. So it could have been light struck. I don't. You don't know. The fresh ones right off the bottling line could be, but, but shouldn't I'm, be. But I was talking about in the abuse room. What 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 kind of abuse could they do to it? Abuse one. I didn't pick up anything really wrong with it. I, I mean, I, could the oxidation really improve a Budweiser that much? Well, that's what it is. It's mostly oxidation, yeah. and and there's probably light in the room too. But, uh, I mean, I am so dumbfounded that I think they mess up the samples. I mean. I don't know. They're like, A is always the fresh one, they told us after, told me afterwards. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but whatever. You, you should have asked for, well, why would you want to put yourself through that? But like, like really? Can we try this again? Just because uh, th- that's just amazing to me. The people but, on the But brewery. then again, the, the, you, said, you said the people who didn't know anything about beer were, were saying that the. Yeah, they picked the, the right one. I mean, but I mean, these were pretty, pretty apparent off flavors, in my opinion. Now, granted, there's a little bit of sulfur in the Pilsner malt, but but Budweiser's rice. It's supposed to be the cleanest, crispest, yeah. and and the abused one was cleaner and crisper. So I am just dumbfounded with the whole Budweiser thing. You know something? The air conditioner shut off. Oh, that was the air conditioner. Okay. Yeah. Or something died because it's really quiet in here now. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this porter. It's, it's sweet. Like you say, it doesn't really no astringency, so it's really drinkable. Yeah, that, most porters have a even, – even the best ones have a little bit of astringency, which keeps it from being ultimately drinkable. This one just goes right down yeah. like a milkshake. It's really it's really tasty, nice and sweet. Yeah, I love a good porter. And like you said, those coffee notes at the end uh, are very good. They, they give a little bit – just a little bit of body to it. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So let's rank Okay. Um, okay, I got my ranking. So do I. All right. Uh, my favorite. Do you want beer, to include the pre-show beer? Absolutely. Yeah. Favorite beer of the night was the Black Butte Porter. Mm-hmm. Second of the night was the pre-show beer, the Victory Lager. Okay. Third, I'm gonna have to put the watermelon. Fourth. Ooh, I didn't like that flavor in the fat tire, but the Shinerbach brought nothing to the table. <laughs> Uh, um, is nothing better than something you don't like? But there was decent, okay stuff in the fat tire, but that mm. off flavor was just so off-putting. But the Shannon Bach was nothing. Do I have to rank the last one? I you guess have I to rank did. the last one. You're forced to. I'm, I'm going to force you. Oh. You know what? I, I want to put the fat tire first because I know it's supposed to be a better beer, but I don't think I can with what I tasted tonight. Wow. So I think I'm going to put the Shannon Bach in front of the fat tire. That... You're probably gonna rank the fat tire up three or four spaces, but that off flavor is just so off putting to me that I just couldn't couldn't do it. Well, I, I I think it's good that you're doing this honestly. Yes, fat tire for me ranks third. The first number one and number two are exactly the same with yours. I mean, definitely the the butt <laughs> the butt's number one. The victory lager was great. Number two, I go with fat tire because I did enjoy it. Uh, and then yeah, I'm kind of I, I'm kind of in the same kind of thing with you. Did, the watermelon thing, I mean, it was interesting, but there were some off flavors there. There was something that I really didn't enjoy too much about it. The Shiner Bach was, it was decent enough that it was okay. nothing. So the Shiner did me. not finish last in no. either of our rankings. No. Interesting. I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of disappointed you didn't like the watermelon that much. I, I thought it was interesting enough to make what it. What I like is how this way there's sort of a pyramid, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it only stops here. 
All right. So email us. Let us know what you thought about this format of Craft Beer Radio. If you liked it better, we'll obviously get a little bit better at yeah. interspersing the tastings and the flavor. But if you like the premise, let us know about Personally, that. Personally, I liked it. I think it was... Well, yeah, I thought it was fun. If we get good at going from beer to e- one email to mm-hmm. beer to another email, I think it would flow really, really well. And we're drinking the whole show, which is great, too. Yeah, we don't have to make you wait 25 minutes to get to the first beer, <laughs> which is kind of the reason we did it, just to see, you know, get you into the beer faster. Yeah. Get us into the beer faster. But we're too. doing it for you. So, okay, tune in next week. We're going to be doing some more listener-contributed beers. Um, no, no, next week we're doing the Beer, oh, beer Geek Oh, next round week's table. the Beer Geek Roundtable. And beforehand, we'll be recording the special show for the DVD. Absolutely. All right. Same bad place, same bad channel. Different bad time, probably. Absolutely. (laughs) That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Stop it, you know.